If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Thursday, April 30th. S&P futures are trading about unchanged. Europe is off about 30 bips and Asia traded higher for the most part across the board. Um, so a few moving pieces this morning, uh, just to kind of start in the U.S. and then circle around the globe. Uh, earnings out of the U.S. last night were, were very strong. So you had a lot of big tech companies, Facebook and Microsoft in particular, both were very good. I think for Facebook, the key was, again, this they echoed what Google said in that they saw positive linearity. So they saw the same steep drop off in, in ad revenue towards the end of March, but they said that things have stabilized since. And again, that's similar to what Google said. And, you know, just taking a step back, this this whole theme of linearity is probably what investors are craving more than anything as we go through this earnings season. It's not so much the absolute numbers for Q1 or the absolute guidance for Q2. It's this color about whether or not business has stabilized following the steep drop off in March. And the companies that can speak to positive linearity, even if the absolute numbers are still very grim, those stocks generally are being rewarded. So, you know, a lot of companies, obviously, everyone knows that you saw a huge drop off in March. But again, if things have stabilized since, um, that's that's been quite encouraging. So the Facebook comments, again, echoed the positive linearity from Google. And just MasterCard yesterday, um, you know, I think was very important for the broader tape. Um, in not, not just that they spoke to positive linearity as well, but given that their, you know, their broad exposure to just consumer, gen- consumer spending in general. So card swipe data that they gave on a weekly basis, um, again, it's, you're seeing a, uh, a decline in the rate, um, an improvement in the rate of decline. And I think um, you know, the linearity is really what investors are craving. Uh, Microsoft also was, was quite strong. Microsoft helped themselves recall they issued a warning way back in February talking about how the China supply chain was ramping at a slower pace than anticipated, and that was going to weigh on the results. So that caused estimates to, to move lower in anticipation uh, you know, following that update. Um, you know, so that helped the numbers look good. But in general, Microsoft was very strong as well. So those two reports are the big highlights in the U.S. last night. You know, go back to Tuesday where you saw, um, you know, you had the, you know, you've had this big pro cyclical, um, pro value trade in the market, and you saw investors sell out of momentum and growth on Tuesday. Um, you know, you now have had three earnings reports from Supercap Tech, Google, and now Microsoft, Facebook, and that's obviously helped stabilize that growth momentum sell off. You get two big ones tonight: Apple and Amazon. I have published previews on both. Uh, they're they're up on the website. If you need them, please reach out. Um, so that is your, uh, us earnings overnight positive in Europe this morning, the earnings were a little bit more negative, um, in particular in banks, BBVA, which is a Spanish bank and then SockGen both had underwhelming earnings. That's causing banks to come for sale in Europe. And then Royal Dutch Shell had earnings as well. Although I think more important is the dividend cut. So Royal Dutch Shell becomes the first major to cut its dividend. This is its first dividend cut since World War II. Um, you know, so obviously you've seen a ton of capital return cuts, from energy companies uh, in Smidcap land, especially in U.S. shale, but the majors have been able to, um, you know, sustain their payout. So Royal Dutch Shell is the first major to cut its dividend. Exxon last night came out and kept its dividend unchanged. So 
you know, Royal Dutch Shell for now is in a minority, but you know, I think investors in general, you have some pretty elevated yields in in large cap energy, and Royal Dutch Shell may cause some of them, uh, you know, to, to to come under scrutiny. There was a lot of talk again out of the White House about providing some type of assistance to the energy industry. I don't think it's going to amount to much. Um, it looks like you're, they're just going to make the energy industry um, eligible for some of the existing lending facilities that have been introduced already. Um, you know, if anything, if you provide these companies with a lot of liquidity assistance, they're going to be able to pump more oil than otherwise would have been the case. So, ironically, if you do see a massive financial lifeline extended to the industry, that could actually hurt oil prices. I think more important is the DOE claims that the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, the U.S. the U.S. government's Strategic Petroleum Reserve, has hundreds of millions of barrels worth of storage space. Um, unoccupied. So if the DOE starts to rent out some of that space, that obviously will alleviate one of uh, the biggest problems in the US, which is a complete lack of storage. And that's you know why you've seen oil prices collapse to the extent they have. And you know, it's not so much necessarily just the supply demand imbalance, it's the fact that there's just no more space to store oil. So if the DOE is accurate in claiming that there is that much space um, and starts to rent it out, that obviously would be positive. On the economic data front, you have a lot of numbers, a lot of Q1 GDP numbers. I think Q1 GDP is being ignored completely by the market. It was ignored yesterday in the US. I think that, you know no one really cares about, about the European numbers this morning. Again, linearity is the key right now. And so um, you know, I think most investors are looking to see if the May numbers can, can trade um, or, or can come in flat versus the April numbers. We all know April, the April data when it hits is going to show a steep decline in Europe and the US. And again, this whole linearity theme. So the question is, can May stabilize versus April? And so we don't get the May numbers for several more weeks. Um, and so until then, I think investors will be dismissing all the April and before data out of the US and Europe. China is a little different given that they emerged from their lockdown earlier. So they had out their first big April data point this morning, the MBS PMIs, and they were a little bit underwhelming, especially on the manufacturing front. You know, I think in markets were hoping that you'd see a larger recovery in China's momentum. And it's not necessarily coming through in the MBS data. So the PMIs this morning out of China on the manufacturing front were a little underwhelming. Not not terrible by any means, but just you're not seeing, um, you know, like I said, that that kind of large uptick in momentum that I think a lot of investors were hoping for. Um, those are the main those are the main points on on news. On the calendar today, you have the ECB coming out at 7:45 with the statement, and then 8:30 with the press conference. Um, you know, you probably could see some policy changes today from the ECB. It's essentially kind of just re-upping their existing uh, coronavirus response initiative. So again, this and you've seen the Fed do this too, where as you know, they made announcements with specific numbers on asset purchases, and as they utilize those that asset purchase quota, they need to re-up it. So you could see them re-up, um, you know, some of their existing policies. I don't think it's going to be quite dramatic. Um, the market. You know, assumes it's going to happen either today or in June. And again, it's just because you can see the what they're doing in the marketplace. They publish their statistics on asset purchases, and so you know you can just draw the math and say they'll run out of their quota at a certain point in time. Um, you know, again, I think these are more iterative announcements on on the part of monetary policy. You saw kind of the big bang actions back in March, and now it's just a question of of fine tuning at the edges. So, um, you know, I think the ECB could act today, but again, it's not really that dramatic. Um, I have a more formal preview in the piece. And then you have U.S. claims in the U.S. Um, and again, this has been, you know, this has been very similar to what you've seen out of the coronavirus statistics, too. So you saw 
a peak and now a plateau and now a, a decline. And that's very consistent with what we saw in the coronavirus statistics. So, you know, you're going to see another claims figure today that is very elevated on an absolute basis, but it, it's well off of its peak. So it's going to be about three and a half million. That's down from about four and a half million last week. Um, and then it's, you know, down even further from where it had been. So that is continuing along and, and you know, again, directionally, that's positive. Um, I don't think the claims number should be a huge surprise to only to the extent that, you know, it stays elevated. So if it's above 4 million, that could suggest that you're, you know, you're seeing it plateau at a, at still a very elevated level. Um, so those are the news items on the earnings front this morning, Comcast, um, you have Kraft and McDonald's before the open. And then after the close, Amazon, Apple, Gilead, Visa are the highlights. Um, and now this is essentially kind of the peak of earnings. So today, Today will mark the peak in terms of volume. Next week, you still have a ton of different, uh, a ton of reports, although they're mostly smaller companies. So Disney reports next week. That kind of marks the unofficial end of, of the calendar earnings season. Um, I have a, a calendar in for, for next week in the piece this morning. To, so check that out. Um, on the broader tape, my views again are still the same. Um, you know, I'm not pushing back at all on, on, on news. I think that you've certainly, again, you've had a lot of positive developments on, on the coronavirus front, you have a lot of states reopening. A lot of companies are following the state guidelines, and they're reopening as well. Um, you know, you, so you're certainly past the most acute phase of the crisis. Again, the question is: I think the narrative at this point just seems um, a little bit too enthusiastic as far as reopening and conflating reopening with the normalization of economic activity. Um, you know, the remdesivir news yesterday again. It's certainly positive that you are seeing efficacy from some of the drugs that are that are in trial um, but th- it's far from a panacea it is not a silver bullet by any means for for this uh, virus um, and so I think that when you kind of look at the broader landscape I think all the positive developments are priced into the tape at this point um, you know I've obviously thought that for over 100 points at this point but I continue to feel that it's overbought um, and then valuations too I mean even if you make very very generous assumptions on 2021 EPS the market is is quite rich. Um, so that is my view on the tape. That's that, you know, it's the same as before. So that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.